Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to a Brawl Network production. This is a podcast for the best fans in the NFL. Are you in the mafia? Am I in the what? It's time for a Bills Brawl podcast. Second down and seven. Coming with the tie. Touchdown. Bill Brawl. Allen. Deep shot. Touchdown. And Thurman breaking tackles at the 22, inside the 10, touchdown Buffalo. Indeed, another episode of the Bills Brawl, all a part of the Brawl Network. Get us on Twitter, at Bills Brawl, at Network Brawl, and my handle as well, at Mike L Sports. This episode for Bills Mafia, it's going to be my full breakdown of the 2021 uh, schedule and some other news and notes uh, in and around the team. Uh, had Mike Catalan on last week, a terrific Rochester Buffalo Bills uh, TV man, longtime insider and a reporter. Uh, covering the Bills to, to talk about the schedule. I've given a few thoughts here and there, but really wanted to dive in, um, you know, to the schedule in in full, kind of give my my overall thoughts here. And I think, um, I think when you look at the schedule right right out of the shoot, um, you know, it, it it's it's easier than last week uh, last year's. It's not it's not easy week to week, right? But it is certainly um, easier than last year's. I don't think there's any doubt uh, about that. Um, the Bills quickly get through a few preseason games. They're at Detroit, at Chicago, and then Green Bay uh, at home. Um, and then we have a situation where I think it's quite possibly, you know, the most perfect home opener that you could imagine. I mean, Pittsburgh is a team that the Bills, um, I think the cities are incredibly close, not just in geography, but as far as fan bases, that blue collar field. The difference, of course, is Pittsburgh's won a ton more titles. Um, but, you know, Pittsburgh's looking to come back a little bit here, you know, this year. That's a tough division. How much gas is left in the Ben Roethlisberger tank? Uh, there will be a lot of Steeler fans in the building from the Steel City and everywhere. I mean, Pittsburgh, the Steelers are a national brand. Um, they're a huge franchise in this league, and it's just a few hours away from Buffalo. I cannot imagine that opening game 
with the fans being back, how loud it is going to be. Bills Mafia back, coming off of last year's great season, one win away from the Super Bowl. Uh, I, I think this is going to be just a terrific, terrific game, and I, I think it's a perfect home opener. You know, there's a lot of chatter for the Bills. You know, open up on Thursday night, kick off the year with the Bucks and all this other stuff. And listen, I know a lot of you people out there are big primetime fans. I like to see the Bills once in a while on Thursday night football, on Sunday night football, on Monday night football, uh, on, you know, a Saturday primetime game when the games are, uh, you know, it's late in the year, uh, a 425 or a night game on a Saturday. Yeah, sometimes I do because I like the national exposure. I like when they talk about Buffalo. Uh, I like, um, you know, highlighting, and especially when you're good, uh, you know, you're highlighting a pretty good team with a pretty darn good quarterback and, and, and a team that is hoping to, you know, stick around for a while. But I don't prefer it. You know, I don't prefer primetime for a couple of reasons. One, I want the team to do really, really well. And I think being at home all the time at 1 o'clock or even when you're on the road at 1 o'clock, Sunday 1 or Sunday at 4, um, you play on Thanksgiving again this year. I'll get to that game in a minute against New Orleans. But, you know, when the Bills played against Dallas, you know, that was a 425 game. They got done with the game. They were back in Buffalo by, you know, 11 o'clock midnight that night, right? So um, there's a lot of, um, you know, primetime opportunities that don't allow for that to happen. Plus, when you play on a Thursday, you automatically get those, you know, you get Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and they don't play again, you know, until the lap around until that following Sunday in most cases. So, um, you know, those are doable. But for the most part, I'm just, I'm a bigger fan of the one o'clock games on Sunday because I want the team to do well and coaches, players, et cetera. They like, you know, they're creatures of habit. A lot of the players do like the prime time because they want to showcase, they want to show off. You know, guys like Allen and Diggs, I'm sure, love the prime time. Uh, many guys are just like, hey, we'll play anytime, anywhere, whatever. Um, you know, we're, we're getting after it and working as, as hard during a non-primetime week, you know, as we are a primetime week type of a thing. So some of them, you know, some of the players, it just doesn't matter. Um, and then for selfish reasons for me, uh, you know, one o'clock games with the way life is now with a little one, <laughs> it's, it's perfect, you know, cause usually, uh, my little one, as I record this just hit 17 months yesterday and, you know, she's back into a good solid napping pattern, but just one nap a day, you know, you close the gap a little bit, you go from two to one and, uh, the, 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 the nap now comes in and around 1230, one o'clock type of a thing. So she sleeps all the way until halftime or beyond, you know, that two thirty three three thirty window, she gets up, we get her going. It's in the fourth quarter. I usually got the bottle feeding her. The game is coming to a close. She's up and ready and playing. And then the bills are done at four fifteen. You know, and then I, and then I, you know, I just buckle up for the day personally and professionally. I do some videos and that's another thing working in the media. One o'clock games are perfect because you can do all of your post stuff. I don't care what you do these days. I don't care if you're doing three, four podcasts a week. I don't care if you're a part of a network. I don't care if you're on TV. I don't care if you're a writer. I don't care if you're all of that stuff. Uh, if you're a radio host, whatever the case may be, post game host. Don't you like doing a lot of post-game work between like 425 and 430 and like 8 o'clock at night instead of doing it at like 3 in the morning? And for me, like I don't necessarily do a lot of post-game stuff uh, because it is so late. I'll wait and I'll do, you know, some videos or whatever. Uh, I'll do some pre-game. I'll do some halftime and then I'll, 
I'll do the post stuff, you know, maybe the next morning when I get a little bit more time and it's, you know, a, a lot, um, you know, a, a lot easier to make noise, so to speak, recording videos. But, you know, I just like, I think the one o'clock, you know, Sunday game, it's just a perfect, perfect, perfect spot. Um, really in, in, in every way possible. I think the team, they're creatures of habit. From a selfish standpoint, both personally and professionally, I like them better at 1 o'clock. And I do know that a lot of the people who cover the Bills, you know, on the beat and and side beats and all the rest, from Joe Biscaglia and Matt Fairburn and Perino and uh, Ryan Talbot, all these guys do such an amazing job. One one thing that does stink is when the Bills play at 1 o'clock, you're missing all the other NFL action for the most part until probably Sunday night football. You get around maybe like at halftime of that game, to maybe check some highlights, read some storylines, maybe read some out-of-market stuff for next week. Uh, you know, who, what happened in what game? The Bills' next opponent, did they play? Did they win? Did they lose? How'd they fare? Any injury? I mean, there's so much that goes into covering uh, the NFL and, and and beat guys. Yeah, I could see there being some frustration with 1 o'clock games. You know, where if the Bills played Sunday night football, you're watching football all day leading up to that game. Kids are in bed. You can watch it, and then you can do your work post. But then 3 o'clock rolls around, you're still working, 2, 3 in the morning. And then you got to get up probably at 6, 6, 37, your kid's getting up. So, it, you know, I, I could see one thing working. It's a give and take, right? One thing works out, and then the other thing doesn't, right? Like, you can't watch all the football if you're a Bills beat person. If the game's at 1 o'clock on Sunday, um. But when they're on late or they're on a Monday night football game, you could see all the Sunday games. You could focus in. You could buckle up. By the same token, you're working late. Throws off the schedule a little bit during the week. So, you know, everybody has their own thing. I think this schedule, though, is a really nice blend. Um, I do. Uh, you know, after week one, the Bills um, go at Miami. That's going to be a really tough game. I think the Dolphins and Jets and the Pats are all going to be significantly better uh, in this division. Um, so that'll be, that'll be a tough one. Then they have two more one o'clock games and they're both at home. That's at, uh, that's a Washington football team at home and Houston at home. Now Washington's defense led by Chase Young and company, and they're very, very well coaching Ron Rivera. They're really good. Ryan Fitzpatrick at the helm now, a quarterback. Again, I think that's just a bandaid for this football team. They've got to at some point, and trust me, all of us as Bills fans know how hard it is, you know, to find that quarterback, uh, you know, in terms of the franchise label. But, um, you know, they really need to go find one. They, they, they do. They have to. Um, this should still be a win at home. You know, the Bills starting out, Pittsburgh at Miami, Washington at home, and then Houston at home before the biggie on Sunday Night Football at the Chiefs. The, the the bills the bills need to start the year i think 3 and 1 possibly 4 and 0 oh. um, you got three home games out of the shoot you're better than pittsburgh i mean you're better than all these teams uh you should be able to get after the quarterback big time in every spot you should be able to create some turnovers and i don't see any which way outside of washington well pittsburgh's pass rush led by tj watt and company i can i could see them giving josh allen some trouble but the bills and again, every year is different, but the Bills, you know, know that defense and, and know everything that's going on, um, you know, should still offensively be able to put up points against anybody in this league. 
Um, and I think that, you know what? It's one of those things. It's one of those things where the Bills, you look at the schedule and the days of, and we even did it, we even did it uh, uh, last year to a degree. Oh man, we got the Chiefs. Oh, we got the Titans. Isn't it crazy you have them back to back again this year? Um, oh man, that opponent. Oh, that team's going to be tough. Oh, how are they going to stay? Well, it, the tables are turned on that, right? Like you could, you could go with the Bills and say, geez, you got to, man, you got to deal with the Titans. You got to deal with the Bucks. You got to do, okay. You got to go and play in the Superdome. You got to, the Bills were one of the top four teams in the NFL last year. You know, they're bringing back everybody, including the franchise quarterback. They're in a really, really good spot. Now, will it be difficult? Absolutely. Uh, can the Bills win 12, 13 games again? Sure. I mean, there's 17 games a season. It's going to be hard, but you don't look at any team in the NFL, any of them, except maybe Kansas City. To a degree, I think Tampa, again, they're going to have the target on their back last year, all the rest, ones that finally run out for Tom Brady. Really, the only team for me that, that really, really strikes fear is, is Kansas City. And, and if you had to play them just because always they're a pain in the butt, Baltimore. The Bills beat them in the playoffs last year. I think the Colts are going to be really good. The Bills have them on the schedule. We'll get to that in a minute. But, you know, this schedule is 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 – is, is really good. It's, uh, I think, when you look at the mix of 1 o'clock games, uh, easy, easier competition, harder competition, uh, prime time, da-da-da, you got it all in this schedule, right? But I think right out of the gate, I think you got Pittsburgh, Miami, at Miami, Washington, and Houston. Three of the first four games are at home. It's going to be crazy. The Bills are going to want to get out to a really, really great start. It's an opportunity before you hit prime time, before you hit, you know, two Super Bowl contenders in, ten, in Kansas City and Tennessee, both on the road, right? I mean, you think about that in October. And that's, by the way, before a week seven bye, which is very early, which that's one part of the schedule I don't like. I wish Buffalo had like a week nine or ten bye. But neither here nor there, you you, you, you can get done with the back-to-back prime timers and you got four straight one o'clock games again, Right. Chiefs, Titans, before that, before two road games, two contenders, two primetime games, start the year 3-1, and 4-0, and right? Four and, because for me, if they could go 4-0 and and then split with KC and Tennessee and go into Miami at home, should be a win, at Jacksonville, at the Jets, the Colts at home, all of those for the most part, even though all those teams are going to be vastly improved, uh, especially I think the Colts, Jets, and Dolphins, I think the Jags, you know, I think Trevor Lawrence can instantly come in and, and give them some major, major playing time. And, um, you know, I think Jacksonville is relevant again. you got Urban Meyer. you got uh, Travis Etienne there. You've got uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence. Um, you know, they kind of they matter again, you know, and that was the key. That was, that was what ownership wanted to do, not just getting – uh, Trevor Lawrence, a generational type guy, but making that big splash with Urban Meyer, I don't know if he will work in the NFL. Uh, if I had to guess, I would say no, because I think he's going to have a hard time losing. 
I think they're going to lose in the first year. It's going to be a lot of growing pains. The Bills should still win that game. They should win all four of those. Now, you know, they won a bunch of games in a row last year. It's easy to say, well, they're better than all those teams, so win them all. They're, they're going to win, loss, win, loss, loss, win, win, loss. And I, and I hate doing that on an NFL schedule because so many things can change. Teams can get better and worse and injuries and all the stuff in between. But there is a very, very realistic situation that by Thanksgiving, right, this team will have played um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten games, right? Eight and two. Could they go nine and one? They could. It'd be hard. But, like, I'm looking at Thanksgiving as being eight and two. Now, maybe you slip up and lose a home game against the Dolphins, but then you go on the road and beat Tennessee. Hell, maybe you beat Kansas City and Tennessee at home on the road and you lose a, a late game to a field goal or something like that to the Colts or the Jets knock you off or something like that. Either way I look at it, if they're eight and two on Thanksgiving, I think things are going to be pointing really, really in the right direction. Kansas City is going to be really good again this year. I mean, their offensive line last year, it was decimated. You know, they had the injuries. They were missing some major pieces, including Eric Fisher. You know, in that Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes was running for his life. I actually thought Mahomes played fairly well, considering how much he was chased. But when you think about this, with how good Brett Veach is as a general manager, you know, last year and the year before, he's actually better now because look what he's done. You know, you trade for Orlando Brown, you go get Joe Tooney, they revamp their entire O-line, it's going to be better, and they bring back all the pieces except pretty much Sammy Watkins. I mean, they're going to be unbelievable. You know, they're the favorites, obviously, in the AFC again. There's no doubt. But I think if you can go 4-0 to start the year, 3-1 at worst, you know, split those two games with the Chiefs and Titans perhaps, you know, you're in that 5-1 and one territory. You get the bye. Then you have four straight 1 o'clock games. 11th game of the year, you play against the Saints. No Drew Brees. Still going to be a really tough game. Road game. Well coached. Thanksgiving. Primetime. Pressure. Uh, then you come home for primetime against the Pats. That's an 8-15 Monday nighter. Then you got the Sunday game late in the day, 425 CBS. That'll be an amazing, amazing, amazing game with the Bills and the Bucks. And, of course, that'll be a Nance Romo game. And then you've got a TBA situation for Carolina on – it might be a Sunday or Saturday or Sunday, um, you know, depending on flexes and all the rest. But Carolina comes up. We'll know a lot about Carolina's future as well at that point, right, with with Matt Rule and company, and how is Sam Darnold there, and is he going to be the guy of the future? Then the Bills go at New England, Atlanta at home, Jets at home, and those are all 1 o'clock games to round it out. The Bills, I think, have good stretches of 1 o'clock games in the exact right spots, beginning, middle, and end. Uh, you hope, I think, when you close the year that none of those games will get flexed. I, I, I think the Falcons, the Falcons should be decent this year, but we don't know what that new, you know, regime and the head coach and Arthur Smith and all the rest. They got Kyle Pitts in the draft, and uh, you know, obviously, you know, we're looking at possible fire sale if they start out really, really bad. That could be a Falcon team that really doesn't have any pieces. You know, besides Pitts by week 17, who knows? Or 
it could completely, you know, surprise many of us, right? And you know, we know Julio Jones, as I record this, and he wants out. So we'll see what happens, you know, we'll see what happens. But I, I think this schedule is, is really, um, I think it's favorable. It's a, it's a, it's a, um, you know, a great blend of all the things I talked about earlier. And one thing that you have to love if you're a Bills fan, you have to love. The Bills don't get any team, right? They don't get any team coming off of a bye week. In other words, two weeks of full rest leading up to the Bills. Two weeks of full preparing before their game with the Buffalo Bills. Have that at all. You know, that's a great thing for the Bills. You know, that means that there's going to be a lot of uh, games where teams don't have the extra prep and you've got, you got, I think, I think you have, you know, a lot more to work with there. Um, teams coming off of, you know, bye weeks and all that, it, it, it's, it's, it's really, I mean, that there is, there is something that goes into that. I mean, really. And, you know, for Buffalo, you know, you hope this year because, you know, the coronavirus, you know, we're hopefully is, you know, behind us and all the things that went into it uh, are behind us. I know that there will be questions. There will be players challenging, you know, whether they are going to get vaccinated or not. Um, there's going to be some things inside the walls that are going to be a little bit challenging. But as far as the day-to-day operations, I mean, it should be all systems go by the time September rolls around. We should be at 100%. There is no excuse, okay? There is no excuse at the very latest on July 1st why we aren't at 100% capacity for everything. The numbers are dwindling down to basically just helter-skelter percentages. Um, most people are are full bore back open in most states. Sporting events have brought back people. I mean, look at, you know, the Bruins, Islanders, atmosphere has been insane. I mean, the Stanley Cup playoffs, the atmospheres, I mean, they are kind of a little, you know, on another level. I mean, Carolina and Boston, those home games are just, they're unbelievable. I mean, and, and all you can think of is, oh, my God, the NFL, the NFL, the NFL. If you're a football fan, I love hockey. The Stanley Cup playoffs are my favorite playoff no matter what. The Sabres are so bad, and it doesn't even matter for me because I just, I'm glued to them. I watch every, I mean, I, I barely turn on it. I don't watch the NBA. I refuse to. Um, and and Major League Baseball is uh, okay. It's I've lost a lot of interest. I'm sick of the analytics. Uh, too many walks, home runs, and strikeouts. Stanley Cup playoffs, I'm glued to every single night. And I keep thinking, oh, my goodness, listen to this atmosphere. Listen to this atmosphere. Can you imagine Bill's Mafia when they all come back? So um, pretty awesome, you know. But we should be back all the way. You know, teams want to run training camps. Fans should be allowed, right? Like proof, proof of vaccination. Like here it is. Here's my card. Like I'm vaccinated. Boom, I got my two shots. Like let's go, man. You know, like open up the bathrooms, open up this, open up that, like. 
let's go. You know, like we can start shaking people's hands again and again and hugging people again and, you know, limiting the zoom, <laughs> you know, and starting to go out to lunch together again and meet face to face with each other. It should be all systems go in the NFL. Same thing, you know, same thing with, with this league, same thing with the day to day football operations and all the rest, same thing in the facilities, right? Every day back to normal. Let's go. Uh, before I sign off, Field Yates, the fantastic uh, NFL insider for ESPN, had tweeted out that the Bills converted $11,718,333 of Stefan Diggs' base salary into a signing bonus, which creates just over $7.8 million in 2021 cap space. That's a good chunk of cap space for the Buffalo to, uh, for Buffalo to work with as the season draws closer. There are guys, you know, the Bills want to work with in bringing people in, you know, on a low budget. The first thing I think of, and this is a great deal for all parties involved because you know Diggs gets that splash of bonus money all at once. It's enticing. Uh, the Bills save a lot of money. Diggs is buying in to obviously everything that they're doing. This also, if they're agreeing like this, I mean, if they're agreeing on something like this, this quickly, this easily, I think that really bodes well down the road for when they have to start to restructure some of Diggs's other, you know, years on the contract, right? And we know Diggs is the key piece of the offense in terms of, you know, just right after Allen because, you know, look at what the offense did last year by adding Stephon Diggs, right? If they didn't have Stephon Diggs, they, you know, Allen probably still would have put up pretty good numbers, but they wouldn't have done what they did without Diggs. I mean, Diggs was the the key pickup, whether it was free agency or trade or draft or whatever. He was the key piece in the NFL, in my opinion. Him going to Buffalo, the way the offense changed, etc. His chemistry with Josh Allen uh, on an immediate basis was huge. You know, it was huge. But this is a big deal because the first thing I think of is Zach Ertz. I think of a player like Zach Ertz. I would have loved to have seen the Bills sign Hunter Henry. Uh, and I know Henry, he, he, was, he was a little expensive. He's on the pats now. I get it. Um, but I think he would have been an unbelievable fit in Dable's offense. Security blanket plus a red zone target. I think he would have – I think he just – I think he would have had a career year in Buffalo. Just – Great place to be. Uh, but you know what? The Bills, they seem to be, for the most part, pretty happy with Dawson Knox and having some confidence in him. But if you get Ertz, obviously it just adds to the you know, entire depth. Uh, it improves the position immensely. His value... Um, I've read multiple reports, but, you know, his cap value, his cap cost, I should say, is, you know, in that seven, seven and a half million, you know, type range. And, and I hear a lot of people get so dramatic about the salary cap, by the way. And yeah, is it there? Sure. Uh, is it something to look at if you're paying your quarterback 35, 40 million? Sure. But you can always find, whether you like it or not, you can always find, you know, you could always find money somewhere, you know. I mean, you, you 
all you have to do is cut somebody, right? It's like, oh, what are we going to do if we need another $8 million to sign so-and-so? And it goes for any team, you know. But who cares? He's, I mean, he cut people. Now, what I will say is it's obviously not – it's really not productive. Let's use the Bills as the example because it is, after all, Bills pod- podcast. If you really wanted J.J. Watt, the Bills could have broken the bank to get J.J. Watt. I'm glad they didn't. But let's say that they did do that. They could have done it. They could have pulled it off. People are like, oh, you can't bring in one. It's way too much against the cap. You couldn't have done it. Couldn't. They could have done it. But then you got to cut Mario Edison. And then you got to cut somebody else. And then you got to cut somebody else. And possibly, if you don't cut two or three people, you cut one. And then you can't bring back Feliciano or Williams or Milano. Um, so kind of, you know, two darts thrown at you there in that situation. I'm really, 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 really pumped that the bills are bringing back everybody. I think it's awesome. I love cohesion. I love chemistry. I love, you know, this group riding it together. I love the fact that they're all bought in and, you know, the Stefan Diggs news coming that I just mentioned, it just fits right into that puzzle. Um, but The salary cap, I guess, to a degree is a little overrated because you can always make room. You can always cut people. You know, the problem is if, you know, you make those cuts and you don't, you're not really, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't fit your team. It doesn't help your team. You want to bring somebody in, but then you got to, you can do it, but it's, yeah, but we got to part with these guys. So is it worth it? And and then you got to come in in the middle somewhere. You got to figure that out. So uh, I'm super pumped for the season. Uh, I love the schedule. I really do. I think it's going to be a fun, fun year. I got the Bills about 11 win, 11, 12 win team this year. I think they te- take a little bit of a step back um, in the win column. I don't think they're going to win 13 again, 13 and four. Remember, it's a 17 game schedule. I don't see that happening 13 again. It could happen. It could, but I don't see it. I think they'll win the division, but I think they're going to have a lot of people coming at them. Dolphins better, Jets better, Colts better, right? AFC across the board, a powerhouse. The Chiefs are the favorites. Ravens are there. Ravens made great moves in the offseason, as did Casey. Tennessee's going to be super tough. You know, Chargers are going to be immensely better. And some of those teams I mentioned aren't on the Bills' schedule, but they're contenders for wild cards and division championships. So fun times ahead. Steelers at Dolphins, Washington football team, Houston at KC, at Tennessee, bye. Miami at Jacksonville, at New York Jets, Indianapolis Colts at the Saints, Patriots at home at the Bucks, Panthers at Pats, Falcons, and New York Jets. That is your 2021 Buffalo Bills schedule. I'm Mike Lindsley. You've been listening to the Bills Brawl. Thanks so much, Bills Mafia. Make sure you follow us across the board at Mike L Sports, at Bills Brawl, and at Network Brawl, all a part of the Brawl Network. And as I always tell you, enjoy the games. (music) 